0: C J A M. C Jam. 99.1 FM. Reaching higher ground in Waiweong It's Not. Windsor, Detroit.
1: Tune in every Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. to C Jam's Top 12 Countdown. I'm your host, Taya, and every week we will be counting down C Jam's most played albums of the week. You'll hear from a variety of genres, lots of local music, and our programmers' favorite tunes. C-Jam's Top 12 only plays the best of the best, so tune in every Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. only on C-Jam 99.1 FM, reaching higher ground in
0: Windsor and in Detroit. Welcome, dear C-Jam friends. You're tuned in to another episode of Absent Sounds here on C-Jam 99.1 FM. I'm your host, Weenie Mambo, and today... We have a special treat as we're joined by our dear friend as well as we Ouiju. <laughs> yeah, I'm just the side <laughs> who I'll let introduce himself. Hi Tyler.
2: Hello. Hey. Yeah, um, I'm Tyler Jafflis. Uh I'm in London, Ontario. I'm a solo artist here. And yeah, my friends are Weedy and weed Uh and I'm just stoked to be back for you guys to have me back on the on the podcast.
0: Yeah, so we had Tyler uh, playing through his debut two was it two years ago?
2: Yeah, something like that.
0: Yeah, we played through it. If you would like to take a listen, it is still up on the archives of Absent Sounds, and it was really fun. But today we're going to be diving into a different album. Well, yeah, one thing that we have in common, holding the friendship together, is our—I guess—well, this is the most of our friendships. Our common love of music, <laughs> for real. <laughs> our common taste in music, and one of the really cool things about Tyler is that he also enjoys Copeland, which is one of our all-time favorite bands ever. And 2022 was their most recent release, "Revolving Doors." This is this album is more of a. It's not a necessarily a new release. It's more of a reworking orchestral version of some of their best, most beloved tracks, um, and this is probably going to be the first time we talk no we talked about Copeland before actually on Absent Sounds but we haven't talked about this album which I'm really excited to do because we haven't even played it before on this show before
2: no yeah I remember seeing like scrolling through your post and I saw something that you guys like played Ixora (laughs) all the way through and I was just like oh that's like y'all are gems for that like I can't believe just like just broadcasted Ixora (laughs) to the world I'm so happy about that Um, but uh, just to go on a small tangent I've like there has not been a Copeland fan I've met that I haven't become like instantly like good friends with there's just something about this band where it's like Everybody that likes it just, like, gets each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, like,
0: exactly. But, yeah, I guess that kind of brings us uh, to our first thing before we dive into the the record. How long have you been into Copeland, and where did your adventure with Copeland first start?
2: Oh, uh, so my first encounter with them, like a lot of people, was, like, the last track on the Under record, record, Only Chasing Safety. And, yeah, I just loved, I loved it so much. Um, and I think I didn't, like, dive into their discography until—so I guess I found them— on that record in grade nine, because that's when, like, everybody found only Chasing Safety. And then I didn't... Oh, you know what? I remembered when they came back to do, like, Ixora. Like, when... Yeah, so my first Copeland song I heard, I think, was, like, Ordinary, like, the day it dropped, because just, like, everybody, like, in Metalcore was, like, reposting, like, oh my gosh, they're back! I'm like, wait, what? Like, (laughs) who is back? I'm like, oh, I get it now. I see this, yeah. And, um, yeah, I loved it. It was just so... It was so, like, affectionate, and haunting but like not overstated and I think that those descriptors like can be like used like just throughout their discography and I think it describes a lot of this record as well and so yeah I guess late high school uh and but I didn't find Beneath Medicine Tree until like the summer after graduating high school mm. and that really yeah that really changed the way I thought about like melody and singing that was a really big influence for me like that was like my vocal warm-up record for like most of my like first dp like in the studio for that stuff so that's really
0: cool have you ever been able to see copeland live
2: i did i did i saw them on the blushing tour where, in 2019 where was it no, yeah, it, was, no it, was, it was like oh, was, it was, was wow. a mad face. <laughs> oh oh, it was at Lee's palace actually. it
0: was because we were going to go because it was was it 19 plus? And we're, yeah. I was going to say, oh, I don't think we could stop. Oh, oh, I'm we so that
2: was, Oh, my condolences, I remember yo. I was like for looking, real. is there a way we could
0: get it? Because <laughs> it was like right before our birthday. <laughs> oh, so <I> was, like, <laughs> like,
2: Crimes for Copeland, let's go. <laughs> but like, um yeah, that was definitely one of my favorite shows I've been to. I think From Indian Lakes opened and they were touring on everything. Okay, Feels that's like now. the, no, it's like, that's um, the Austin. Y'all knew that. I didn't have to restate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was great. They had such a good mix of their um, discography in the set list. And yeah, it was, it was amazing.
0: And on that, on that theme, do you have any like tracks or albums that mean something to you personally or have grown with your heart over the years? Like from Copeland in general, before we actually get into there.
2: Oh, they've all had the chance to grow with me. But I mean, I think the one I have the most memories with was is like Beneath the Medicine Tree. Yeah, just cuz I don't know cuz like like I said that was like my vocal warm-up record. I think a lot of the melodies like on my first EP are very similar just because of that. And that was the record like me and my producer had bonded over at the time. And so, yeah, I don't know. I just have like like I really remember like being really nervous for a show and just kind of like walking outside the venue and then just had kind of putting this in my earbuds and just like singing it to myself to calm me down. So, it was sort of like it did two things for me to get me ready. It like it helped my vocals and then just sort of like helped my emotions as well, and so I think that's. If you think of like Copeland and like my memories, like the first thing that comes up is like that album cover. So
0: I will say one of my memories um, with Copeland. Then, what I remember, I don't usually do it anymore, but sometimes I would fall asleep to music, mostly by accident, because um, it would just keep playing in the background. And one day, I had a dream that there was a girl on this. Well, at the end of the dream, there was this girl sitting on the steps of. Uh, the school and she was singing like she had this beautiful voice and she was just singing this song and I n- had never heard it before but then all of a sudden I woke up like I was slow, starting to wake up and she was singing the song from Copeland
3: that's so cool oh my gosh
0: and because Co- Copeland was playing
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah I feel like that's what that think that's like exactly what Aaron like wants to happen like I don't know if he admitted but I think that's secretly the experience he wants everybody to have
0: I'm trying to find I don't remember the name <laughs> such a visceral reaction to listening was it blushing no it was uh you know it's like do what you want oh yes oh. <laughs> that one
2: okay yeah I fall in love with yes yes back, yes right? yes, yeah. yes yes okay yeah yeah hold nothing yeah, back hold nothing it's back. like the last
0: yeah and it was so short and i was like where is this coming from and it was coming from copeland and it was really nice no hold nothing back is like the equivalent of patterson and leo <laughs> pine grove <growth> for me <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: That's so true, oh my gosh, yeah. I think Hold Nothing Back is actually like on my sleep playlist too.
0: And I don't even know what he put into that song, but it's it's so calming.
2: That would have been great to hear, like in the style of Revolving Doors too.
0: We're gonna begin our playthrough now, starting with the first song, Every Silence. You're listening to Absent Sounds here on C Jam. We're playing through the album Revolving Doors with our friend, London-based artist Tyler Jacolis. If you're ever in doubt of what we're playing, you can check the track list, because we'll be playing sequentially for the rest of the show. EP? Have you ever heard the Green Man EP?
2: No, okay. I wanted to ask you guys too. I literally, like, I didn't know it was a thing. <laughs> like, I think, like, I felt, I'm sure, like, back in the era where I was just, like, scrolling through, like, the tooth and nail records, I'm sure I came across it because I can kind of remember it now, but, like, when I first heard Every Silence, I thought it was, like, either yeah. um, a track, like, for Revolving Doors, like, just, like, something to add on to it, or it was, like, a track they were working on but wanted to put on Revolving Doors first.
0: I, I genuinely was just so confused as to where it came from, so I'm glad yeah, that so it's not, my it wasn't only me. the truth
2: with it was, like, I was almost certain it was, like, some form of a new Copeland song, <laughs> and then I remember I was just, like, kind of, like, lying, like, on my bed just, like, listening to it. It was, like, super late, and then I, I thought to myself, like, wait, no, like, his vocal inflections are, like, they're two You Are My Sunshine, <laughs> and, like, the way he's, like, playing in three, it's two You Are My Sunshine, yeah, and then, like, surely enough, I looked it up, and it's, like, uh, like the EP is, like, related to You Are My Sunshine, so.
0: No, yeah, exactly. I, I guess it makes sense because it's not like you can't find it anywhere, but it's one of those ones where I was like, wow, I wish I could have just like, I haven't been able to find the other tracks on this supposed EP, <laughs> except for the ones that were like, I found from, them on YouTube. I'll, I'll you send you a link. Okay. Guffy. I did not look on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, like, I did. I can't find it. It's right on YouTube.
2: <laughs> but that hurts. Yeah. And when you, when it's non-YouTube or non-streaming, you just got to like hope it like appears to you in like a used CD bin somewhere. Yeah. But like, yeah.
0: It's a good
2: no, intro. It's actually my favorite track on the record. Is it? I think yeah, yeah. Which is so rare. I usually like, never like the first song first, but yeah, I think it was just it was new to me. It's just like I know why they brought it back because it's just so. I feel like it has everything that that sort of layer of Copeland. Like it checks all of the boxes, and I think they we all knew this was sort of like a gift to the fans as well. And like mm-hmm. the fact that it wasn't even on streaming just made it all that more of a like a of a present to give back to people you know what I mean yeah
0: I think what I love about Every Silence though so it's like as soon as you play it it like hits you it's as soon as the first time I played the, the whole album and I started with Every Silence I was like yes you know it's like it just gets you yeah. ready it's just the chills as soon as it starts with the soft piano it gets you in the mood of like this is what it's gonna be and this is the intro to this soft gift <laughs> to you and it's like I open my arms and receive <laughs> yeah Where we left off was about we were about to switch over into Good Morning Fire Eater, um, which comes off of You Are My Sunshine. I thought it was also interesting to note the fact that with Chin up on You Are My Sunshine, it comes before Good Morning Fire Eater. But this reworking they actually switched the order, which I guess is a little, a little irrelevant, and I'm not sure the reason why. I don't know if it if it's really even noticeable. I
2: noticed, and it. it's definitely <laughs> relevant. Yeah, but I
0: yeah. You, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was sure this was like a random thing that you know nobody cares about. No, enough. of
2: course no, I care about stuff like that all the time. Yeah. I think I think they started with Good Morning just cuz like I don't know. When you first like when you first hear the original it's just so iconic. Like it's there. I feel like that's the Copeland riff for like cuz it's like a three-note thing. Everybody know, you know what I mean? Yeah. When it comes in on Revolving Doors, I like I did like sit still for a second. Like what's go- what's going on? They did it so well, it's sort of gritty and muffled in the original, but they did it like with nylon strings and it's so like subtle, like you miss it
3: sometimes.
0: For me, Chin Up is like the magnum opus Uh. for me. Like I enjoy having... Um, Good Morning Fire Eater before up, because at least it almost feels like it. I always find it interesting the way they transition or the way they would just switch the transitions in that sense. But the moment that I had to sit still was chin you know,
2: up for me. Oh, really? Wow. What do? What particular part?
0: Honestly, I I don't know if it's more of it like a you know, when my brain like, fires off because it's like one of my favorite <laughs> right, songs. Right, right, yeah. I think it just, I don't know, it's just how elegant it is, I think. It just hits right. Yeah.
2: So I guess your answer is like, what part do you not sit still during that? Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want to say, I think for me, again, it's just the intro of Chin Up. It just felt like there's something else behind it now. You know, you can obviously hear the lyrics and you know the lyrics, but then I felt like, you know, the him saying he you break your neck to keep your chin up. It's like yes. you can just hear it more when the way he's singing it in this version. And so it feels like, oh, it's like, oh, that's what you're going to do just to keep your chin up for
4: us.
2: Yeah, no, there's definitely a handful of lyrics that I'd never really like, quite took in until this record even if it's just because like there's less things going on or like his vocals are more dry at at some points but like I definitely I think I've decided that like Mm -hmm this release is like integral I don't mean to say like I've decided I'm not like say anything but like I feel <laughs> no, like <you> <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this release is like integral to the Copeland discography just because it's the way they've shifted the songs and move certain parts around helps you get around it into certain nooks and crannies of the song that was harder to before because Copeland has always been like
0: yeah,
2: they've always been they've had lyrical depth and sonic depth so sometimes like he's saying like this heartbreaking line but something like crazy is going on with the guitars at that point so to have that yeah yeah
0: and you're like oh I'm, I'm really focused on on that exactly, thing, think, yeah. 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 Not that Copeland tries to be distracting, but I think here it's almost like it forces mm-hmm. you to actually pay attention. Or maybe you we want to pay attention to see to hear everything that's actually that's going on. It took a definitely took a few listens to be able to let it sink in. Like, it wasn't the first listening that I was like, I fully understood what was going on. I think it, it took a few listens before I was like, okay, I can follow along with everything that I'm trying to keep track of, which it's hard to explain why. I think it, it's just because it was different, the unfamiliar familiar.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: It feels like you know what's going on, but you actually are like, no, I actually don't know what's, what's, what's yeah, happening Yeah. I think here. it's
2: because com- Copeland is like, it's like a comfort listen for all of us. So like we know the ins and outs of it. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. even if you like the other version, it's like weird to hear it like switched up somehow for
0: sure yeah no exactly i was gonna say even just the next one like with uh, no one really wins that intro you know it like in the back to your hand you, as soon as it starts yeah. you know what song it is but then as soon as you hear no one really wins on revolving doors it's like yeah i felt guilty different.
2: for having to go back to like hear what it, like wait what riff was that oh what okay yeah <laughs> like
0: i was like yeah it was so interesting to like compare which song it was so i would say that the the lyrics of no one really wins are some of my favorite that from copeland and those are ones that i like automatically think of
3: i
4: CJAM 99.1 FM, your only true
2: sound alternative in Windsor, Detroit. CJAM broadcasts from the University of Windsor locally at 99.1 FM and to the world at www.cjm.ca.
1: If you could save a life one day, would you? In Ontario, there are over 1,600 people waiting for a life-saving organ transplant right now. Every three days, one of these people will die while waiting. By taking just two minutes to register as an organ donor, you can save up to eight lives and transform seventy-five more through tissue donation. What you decide to do today has the power to make a lasting impact. Join millions of other registered organ donors in Ontario and give hope to those waiting. Register at PiaDonor.ca.
0: You're tuned into Absent Sounds here on Cjam ninety-nine point one FM, reaching higher ground in Windsor and Detroit. My name's Weedy, and every Monday from 1 to 2.30, my twin sister Weezhu and I dive into Elms We Love. Today, we're diving into Revolving Doors by Copeland with our friend Tyler Jafalis. And the last song we played for you was No One Really Wins. And I know this is kind of a hard question to ask, you know, not having anything to reference, but if you could think of your favorite lyrics by Copeland
2: What? Um. so happy you asked this because the only song I had like lyric notes for or like no for this <laughs> my notes for this song was like these two are like one of my favorite Copeland lyrics ever so that's perfect <laughs> and there's like so many I'm sure if we like did this interview again I could fill it with but like I think the two obviously like, in the in the course, it's like in the endless fight of grace and pride I don't want to win this time yeah
0: that is, that is it yeah
2: it's like there's a gap in that phrase but you know exactly what he means like the way he identifies with pride mm-hmm. is just yeah it's perfect and then I think the one I like most out of the two that I'm going to mention is Grace looks back before it starts to leave, which is, I guess, another mm-hmm. form of like embodying something. You know what I mean? We're like, I guess Aaron, I don't want to get too like English teacher about it, but like, I guess Aaron was like embodying like pride in the first one. But this one, Grace has sort of like become it's like taken on like the actions of a person, like physically, mm-hmm. like looking back. So,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think even just like the line where he says, it's a fight between my heart and mind. It's not new. You know, it's not as if it's revolutionary to the say but it just always feels like when he sings about those things that you've heard all the time or that you you think you're familiar with or that you have experienced on your in your own life too it feels like he adds this other layer of meaning to some for sure for sure Mm -hmm.
2: i think something else i want to say was that i noticed his vocals like because he's changed up the way he sings a lot from record to record and it's almost like if you compare Medicine Tree to, like, Blushing, like, I think a lot of people wouldn't think it's the same person.
0: No, yeah.
2: And I loved mm-hmm. with this record the way he, I feel like, intentionally, like, leaned into some of his old, like, pronunciations, but or, like, switched it up. For this one particularly, like, I think he sounds a lot like the way he does on Blushing, but then sometimes he'll, like, revert back mm-hmm. to, like, the older version. And then I felt most about that in, like, Good Morning Fire Eater, so, like, track two. That one,
0: yeah. it's mm-hmm. so...
2: The way his voice is like very breathy. It's more, it's more subdued, a little more sensual. It's like just, it's straight out of blushing, which it was. That sort Mm -hmm. of qualities like weren't found on that song beforehand.
0: I think on one hand, it's also almost maybe in my head. I always kind of assume that it's associated to like the place they are in their career too. Where earlier on, there's a see this is like maybe looking too deep but earlier on maybe there was a maybe there was this they were at a place in their career where you know you have to fill the gaps or at least here it feels that the things can breathe because they already speak for themselves and then they already like the albums they're already established the songs already established and so even though it's not necessarily like i'm not necessarily speaking about the lyrics themselves but how it just it just feels as if they're not they're not trying to prove anything like they already have yeah yeah yeah, it's just like it, it it just stands for itself
3: Today it was fine I woke up late like I always do Made work just in the nick of time The thought of you And when I returned I found you just like I always do for me.
0: This is. Did Coffee come out as a single?
2: It was the first single, I think, yeah.
0: Okay. Okay, and I felt like it was an appropriate single because, well, I mean, there's plenty of other ones he definitely could have chosen. But hearing Coffee, I was like, okay, this is what the new album is going to be like. Coffee is a pretty essential Copeland song. And so starting with that, I think, was was a good choice, too
2: no for sure that's one that i would have i would have picked 100 i'm
0: gonna say something slightly controversial i think i would have probably if i had to remove one from the album it, i would have switched out coffee for, for one of the five that i had mentioned oh
2: probably, it better be good it better be good <laughs>
0: i know why well, explain a, <laughs> explain i don't know i think i think coffee it's the only popular song from copeland that i would switch for another one that comes either before or after it like in the in from beneath the medicine tree, I don't know why. But if it's, it's an another like,
2: messenger one, I can I can like live with that answer, okay. but I'm still, yeah.
0: I don't know. Coffee's a beautiful song, and, and I don't know why I would I would switch it, but that was probably the first like my instinct when I when I was listening to it.
2: Yeah, I'm so interested. Like, do you feel like because I don't know, like, coffee? I guess the lyrical style is very beneath messenger, and, and then he's made a note too that like he felt like he dug himself a hole with that in the whole with that record a little bit just because it was, like, so specific. So I feel like that's one of those specifics sounding lyrics where it's, like, it's very place and time and, like, very, like, dialogish. But out of the songs on Beneath Messentery, that one feels mostly, like, the seed to, like, their other stuff. The, the language is very time mm-hmm. and place. It's very youthful. It's very, like, budding. But I just... The feeling I get from it is the same feeling I've gotten from, like, their other records after it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I think what I always loved about Coffee, though, is... Just how specific it was. Sometimes it gets very abstract with what he's talking about. But I feel like with coffee, it was like he's literally just saying... I mean, obviously there's, you know, all the other parts that influence the song itself. But the specificness of saying, if it's not too late for coffee, of actually talking about a specific thing. The actual action means a lot of different things depending on what context they're in. Even if it's out of the story that it was actually create, meant to be in. You know, and so I, I guess I just also wonder, you know, like, what does it mean for him now? Or, you know, when he decided to put it in Revolving Doors.
2: Yeah, I think from an interview I listened to a while ago, I think just like he was talking about his relationship with his old stuff. And I think I don't know what it's like in the studio for him to to his old stuff. But I know like live he says that he's, he's not really thinking about the time. He's just more so like looking at the like the audience and stuff, which is really interesting, too. Mm. Um, and I guess because like that the messenger era is like it's so special for a lot of us and like I would say I like the records equally but like that Mm -hmm. one is like the most one of the most there's something about that you know what I mean (laughs) I don't mean to sound like a furnace fest dad but like come on Um, and um, I think back to like you talking about like the lyricism I think People like coffee so much because he's talking about material things that you can like look at and hold, like in the real world, which I feel like is very rare for mm-hmm. most of Copeland's lyrics. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. what makes it special. You get to hear Aaron like talk about place and time and like thinking about what he's doing with that person. You know what I mean? So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think Copeland with coffee, it always to me felt very. If I had to compare, compare coffee to a specific song, I would always think of something from Blushing. That's the vibe. I mean, the song where he's. um Where the the other female voice comes in, it's like, wake up, you should probably wake up now. Right, I was thinking about that too. You know yeah, another. Talking? Yeah, yes, that's that's how yeah. it feels for me. Which is interesting because I even if I, I I don't hate coffee. I No, like, yeah, I I mean, like we're myself. not we're not trying
2: to like <laughs> like just like this isn't yeah, debate team or anything, but like. Yes, yeah.
0: It just I don't know. That's an interesting connection. I never really thought about more in depth.
2: One of the last things I have to say about coffee is that like that was the song that made me it reaffirmed for me that revolving doors is like it's integral to their discography just because it makes you realize that strings and like orchestral arrangements have always just been embedded in Copeland, even if they're like not using them or like before they started using them because if you listen to Coffee the the Rolling Doors version and then listen to the New Tree version you realize that your heart has like always placed (laughs) strings there like do you know what I mean? It's just the I guess the Rolling Doors one is like the emotionally (laughs) accurate version of Coffee you know what I mean? It's like the the audio file of how (laughs) it makes you feel always evoked like these like grand like orchestral feelings even with using like the like the quote-unquote like emo like early 2000s yeah, yeah. instruments you know what I mean
0: we're like with the bare minimum yeah no for real
2: and like I also think that it's because Aaron was just always into orchestral instruments as well like I was listening to a podcast that he was doing during like Beneath an Essentary tour or like sorry the 20-year yeah. the tour for that and he was talking about how even like while he was like starting his band stuff, he was kinda of, like getting whatever orchestral instruments he could like get his hands on and like play with them. Like that those sort of like experiences with those instruments were like was as important to him as like the rock band stuff. And so it's just like it's inseparable from Copeland even if he like didn't think they'd yeah. start using that. Like maybe he always wanted to use it before, but it gives you that same feeling. And so to hear those old songs the new way, yeah, it just rounds everything off for yeah, me. Yeah.
0: It feels like it could have been written for that the original Copeland songs were not written for a symphony or like an orchestra or anything like that. It was, it almost feels like it could have been like what you're saying. It just feels like it fits so perfectly yeah, for that. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Not So Tough Found Out, like the last track on Your Most That's, was actually supposed to be for an art gallery. That's... <laughs> like the, the original instrumentals, really which cool. is, yeah. is so cool. But
0: and I, was like, I was even going to say like because for Ordinary... That, that well, the reason I brought that up was because Ordinary was originally for his friend Anna for a movie. Oh, <laughs> it was it? Just, that makes so yeah, much sense. Was, I like, I see a movie when I hear like that. For a that film yeah. it, it was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, I guess, before they went on their hiatus. Um, it was one of the only ones that was actually fully created. Oh, um, so it stuck with them. Um, so it was done before the it hiatus was done. Oh no! Like way. before the other ones, and then when they finally came back, they looked. There was like a. I was reading. There was a folder called LP Five, and that was, in like he had some other demos, and then Ordinary was in there too, oh, and wow. um, oh that was gosh. the only one that was like fully realized, and and everything else from the album kind of I guess flowed outside of that too. But. That's
2: perfect. And that was the first one. That was like their comeback song mm-hmm. too. So yeah. that's amazing. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It does feel like it's more removed from Exora.
2: Have you guys seen like that Copeland documentary on YouTube, like the fan one? You, oh, you gotta watch that. It's so good. I've watched it like three times, but, like, like, I'm just over the course since it's been out. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's just like in the background. Yeah. But um, I do remember them talking because I was curious too. Like, yeah, why is there so much like love for You're My Sunshine on this? And understandable, but like why? And um, I do remember Aaron. There was an interview with Aaron about how like he was. This was like the first time. Like where he wasn't being in the room when they were recording strings, so he was nervous about it. But then afterwards, he loved it so much that like he said that he almost wished they had like more strings to be written for it. So that just makes me like wonder like is some of those are those some of those ideas he wish he had on You My Sunshine? Like I hadn't like done like the cross comparing to the strings on that has to line up somehow. The fact that he wanted more strings and there's they have a strings record. And most of the songs yeah, are from that yeah. one. You know what I mean? No,
0: well, it definitely makes sense because even with uh, the actual song, "Should You Return" is a pretty subdued track. The original version is pretty subdued or pretty quiet, and so it just sounds like it was made for revolving doors. In the way it was like, you just have to add a few more things, or like add the strings onto it, or like what you're saying, or just to make it fit incredible right.
3: Yeah, it I was see. just it's
0: like, like already there, right? and then he just like pushed it to what he wanted. One yes. of the other songs do feel like he changed it up a lot, but then with this song it feels like he just pushed it a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. in a way it almost feels like this the Revolving Doors um version of it. To me, it got to the point where that would almost start to feel like that's what the original Should You Return song sounds like. I think I just love how it swells and, and just how it feels like it's being pushed to what it what it could fully be.
2: not that it wasn't like pushed in the studio originally but like yeah it's just everything's just more like much more grander in like the way that they play the same melody with like different instruments on revolving mm-hmm. doors is like a really strong part of it and they did that yeah. a lot with this song
0: i guess you know how you said like coffee feels like the reason why this album is like a quintessential record to copeland i would also say maybe this is maybe this is another example of that where it explains what copeland um is and what they've been trying to do this whole time
2: yeah yeah it's like i feel like now that you've said that, I think if I had to show somebody, like, Should You Return for the first time, I might show them Revolving Doors one first,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? Because it's like, it has, because like, Should You Return is, it's so specific to that record and the way that record mm-hmm. sounds. Whereas like, Revolving Doors like calls to that, but it's like with respect to all the other stuff too.
0: Yeah. I also love the way that Should You Return, I love the track by itself, but then on the Revolving Doors version, the way it ends feels more complete with the big ending to the point where i almost thought that was the end of the full record the first time oh, I, heard, I was like, checking cool. to see yeah. oh is this done because it feels like they actually like tied everything up with the song to make it feel like it's its own thing
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah for sure i feel like copeland has always like played with resolve and like lack of resolve mm-hmm. i don't know just the way this record's like fleshed out there's just so much more resolve in places that might not have had it as much intentionally do you know what i mean
0: yeah 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 yeah. it's not even as if it's like oh the song is unfinished but it feels like you know they left it like that for a reason i just it's the ending every time gets me i just love the the big swell the big finish at the end
2: yeah yeah and then i forgot to say the intro is like the most like lulls and traffic moment on the record i feel
0: like Mm.
3: There's extra bullets in the shed next to the gasoline They'll take us when we're dead, I see them when I dream, I know And though I never belonged on this pebble where I stand Heaven knows what I, heaven knows what I am Would you be my love Until I can prove that this world is not real Can feel it. So your body curves, it bends like time. And your soul gleams like I should steal it. Keep it safe at my side till it's time. It's time. When fear has taken us, and heaven knows what comes, heaven knows what comes. This world is not real This world is not real
1: Jim Carrey is a Canadian. Katie Lang is a Canadian. Martin Short is a Canadian. Frédéric Trudeau is a Canadian. Michael Jane Fox is a Canadian. Leslie Nielsen is a Canadian. Shannon Tweed is a Canadian. Mac Makeup is a Canadian. Lynn Evangelista is a Canadian. Neil Young is a Canadian. Brian Adams is a Canadian. Sharon Bruneau is a Canadian. Wayne Gretzky is a Canadian. You're listening
3: to 99.1 C-Jam FM in Windsor and Detroit.
0: Hey music lovers, C-Jam is throwing our first annual higher ground music and arts festival this July 28th to 30th at the Fog Lounge, The Meteor, Craft Heads, and ArtSite, downtown Windsor. Be sure to mark your calendars. You won't want to miss it. Lineup and ticket info coming soon. Follow Cjam FM on Instagram and Twitter to make sure you don't miss any of the details. The the next track, which is Pope, um, I'm glad we got our blessing re- representation in here with probably. One of them. Yeah. Um, do you have, well, I should start off. Do you have a favorite song off of Blushing? And is it Pope or would you have preferred something else from that record?
2: Oh, that's hard. Um, also, is there any Copland question that i going to make you go like, ooh? <laughs> yeah, <true. laughs> like, but I'm looking at the track list currently. I would say. Hmm. No, you got to go with, you got to go with Pope. I don't know. Because that's like, that was like the ordinary for that. Specific yeah. album cycle, you know what I mean? Because like they had they had been gone for a yeah. while since Exora, you know what I mean? So that's the song that's most dear to me from that record, I would say. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I've definitely got to go revisit and like really dig into to it. But yeah, Pope. Yeah, I, that's one that I'd pick. I think it makes sense to do Pope because I remember when they were playing with the the orchestra and they did they did those shows with the like mm-hmm. Imperial Symphony Orchestra. I remember Blushing wasn't announced yet, but Pope was, like, the new song they did. Like, so everything was, like, pre-Blushing material, and then Pope was just, like, a new song. And so I think Pope would be the one I would pick for sure.
3: to
0: But speaking about Eat, Sleep, Repeat and the middle of their transition, we have one song from there, which was Love of Fair. Is this the only song from Eat, Sleep, Repeat?
2: It is. It wow. is. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I would have loved yeah. more because I feel like that's the one people tend to pick. I understand why they pick it because I think that was the only one I saw them. I think that was the only song where's they played where is
0: but... that was what I wanted to where's <laughs> control Freak? I got so much to say I got so much to say what
2: is this I feel love affair is like again like I was saying before that is like mm-hmm. the ordinary of that record but like for a different way not because they like released it first or it was like the precursor it's just like that's the one that like seems to stand out the most and like the subject matter is like yeah. so potent with it and it's similar yeah, to where the ordinary about, was Um,
0: Aaron Marsh and I've Like at that time. And I found it interesting that, I mean, personally, I always feel like his records are really deeply personal, even if he's not explicitly talking about stuff in his life. But um, that he at least felt that Eat Sleep Repeat was just like Mm -hmm. super more blatant and it wasn't as covert. Um, So maybe that's maybe that's why he doesn't want to rework things um, from that record specifically. I don't know. It Mm. could be something else. But I would have loved to see Control Freak.
2: Yeah, that's definitely on the the top five list. I said for like which ones I would have loved to hear on the. But, like, I mean, like, they've Mm -hmm. always changed up their stuff live, too. And I'm sure they would. I'm sure that, like, if they played E Sleep stuff live, they'd somehow make it sound Mm -hmm. like Revolving Doors, even if subconsciously, because they're just more mature now. And I think it's also because E Sleep already Mm -hmm. has so much strings on it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I think they want to toy with stuff that didn't have so much or stuff maybe he already Mm -hmm. had, like, ideas. And then also, I loved the way they, like, they kept the sort of the outro piano part the exact same. Basically, I'm, I'm glad they didn't like use a different instrument for that because it was just like, I mean, not that it would not have made it amazing as well, but it's just so when the, everyone listens to Love Affair and knows it, that's like what they mm-hmm. they listen for is like the piano. Yeah, the I outro. do you actually think
0: it's really like, good on the band for being able to recognize the things that, you know, the things that we want to hear, what we come for when we hear the songs. And so just even little things like keeping in the, the same piano is like.
2: For sure. Yeah, 100%.
3: miles away But somehow
0: to the last track on Revolving Doors, which is You Have My Attention from In Motion.
2: Yeah. All I can think about when I first heard that song, I remember it was like I was probably like one of those like those like stay over like youth group <laughs> things where like you just like just like stay over watching it. it was like it was a part where like they like the youth leaders like were like didn't have There's anything played. else to plan so just like throw like four movies oh at them gosh, you yeah. know what I mean like yeah and then I was so tired and then I remembered like I hadn't heard In Motion yet but I downloaded I like da- I saved the actual file onto okay. my phone you guys yeah, remember yeah. those days <laughs> <We're> like- <laughs> You, like downloaded the full thing uh, but um I remember I guess I had to sleep experience with Copeland too similar to yours maybe not as like cool <laughs> as yours but I remember that I started the record and I'm like okay I kind of want to listen to it but just like like listen to it like half a week like, I don't want to like sleep yeah. and like miss it because like I wasn't really interested in the movie they were playing and then so I had earbuds in I was like I was sideways and then I, did, I definitely did fall asleep and it probably played through like a couple oh, yeah. times too but I just didn't recognize it but um, I remember the song like I woke up to in the morning was like you have my wow. attention I hadn't heard it at all the first time I remember just waking up like what is this like what is this it's so it's so beautiful and so even just whenever I like read that title I just think of that but I love what they they did with this and I love that they like kept the outro too, Mm -hmm. like the way like it's it's like a breakdown And then it starts again.
0: I'm pretty sure the first time that I heard the album, was playing through the album, I must have dozed off somewhere along the middle part, and it was just, you have my attention. When Aaron starts not like yelling at you, but like when he starts going. I woke up and i was like so every time i hear you have my attention i was like yes yeah, like i'm awake now <laughs> yeah oh my gosh it's like the same thing yeah i think if i were the one who had to create this album it wouldn't have been my initial like pick to think oh yeah this is gonna be the closer but i think it just it, it's such a good choice it works really well mm. no
2: no for sure i mean they definitely i guess because it is near like the yeah. like the later middle of like its original record like on in motion but it made sense to me just because I, when I saw them, they ended their set with it. Oh, really? Oh, really? Uh-huh. yeah, I was like, yeah.
0: "This feels like such an interesting choice for a closer." But...
2: Right. Yeah, I was. I personally was ready for it. Like, I personally, if I had to pick, I would put that last, just because it was last when I saw them. And then I had friends that got married, and, like that was like their wedding song too. This. So <gasps> I think just them loving it so much, like, put that like solidified that like extra to me as like that like being a very special Copeland song.
0: Well, that's really sweet. last question and it was what other five Copeland songs would you want i had control freak and then as above so alone have i always loved you on your worst day and when paula sparks
2: yeah control freak was was my first i didn't rank them but like if i had to just pick one to go on the record it's control freak i don't know it's similar to like the metal by jimmy world where it's like they wrote it but it's just like transcends their discography yeah, not that it's better than their discography, because I don't know if Control Freak would be my favorite song, but it definitely it stands out the most out of all of their songs. But nobody talks about it. Literally, no. Like, you're the first person who's ever like mentioned Control Freak by Copeland to me. I never see it on any of those like groups, like, like those music groups who talk like Furnace Fest groups. Nobody ever like brings it up in like Copeland full sets. Like I would have loved to hear this one. You know what I mean? And I don't think they've played it for a while either. But yeah, it's super special to me for sure.
0: I have Control Freak. And oh, then- nice. Have I always loved you? Um, and then I have I can make you feel young again. And to be happy now, then hold nothing back.
2: That's such a good list. Oh my gosh. Um I think mine were like the other four was Control Freak. So full five, control freak. Walking downtown.
0: Oh, that's like a From
2: beneath messenger. That's a, I feel
0: like that's a, a deep. Cut. deep. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I I know, yeah. I I feel like that would still make sense lyrically. No, that would
0: be I would love to, like, to change it actually, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of mine was just like I'd like to give give Aaron a challenge. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> like you know, just to see what he would do with it. Um, and I guess the most challenge I would want to give is I'd want to see him like try to do like not try because he'll do it, but like yeah. I want to see him do like pin your wings.
0: That's okay. Yeah, that's a good song.
2: Good ch- yeah, and then my last one was chiromancer. See, I was
0: thinking about that too. Oh yeah. Okay. The last thing I had to I wanted to ask you was Do you, do you have any Canadian bands that carry sort of the same unique sound. Yeah, it's so hard. Yeah, because they're such a because
2: like, I don't know, so, Canada's so diverse with our artists here but also Copeland is just such a like a singular band to me. I would so I'm gonna if I give answers similar to Anxious because like Anxious doesn't really sound like in motion. I'm gonna give answers for like specific reasons, I'd say. So off the top of my head, I'm gonna say Field Guide comes to mind. They both value texture so much. And like the like sonic texture, but also they're so good at playing with the juxtaposition between organic sounds and like electronic sounds. Also, I forgot to say, I remembered Andy Schaff is a Andy great Schoff. example. Okay,
0: yeah, of another person. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, the way they go about world building is similar.
0: No, but that's a really good answer. I think the only other one that I could think of would be, wow, well, look at this, look at this casual drop. Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, especially with your new stuff too. I actually <laughs> oh, like, oh no, you're oh, pulling, you, does... you, No, no, I'm not even joking. <laughs> 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 We're going to pull <laughs> No, but I mean, it, it only makes sense to to put it in here. <laughs> it works. It, it, it's a good it's a good fit.
2: Oh, think dude, uh, that means a lot. <laughs> thank you guys so
4: much.
0: So we're going to play Window by Tyler Jafilis, who's been with us on today's show. Long Throw by Andy Schaff, And Make Peace With That by Field Guy. I'm Weedy. I'm
2: We And this has been Tyler.
0: And you've been listening to and Sounds here on C-Jam as we play through Rolling Doors, which is one of our favorite albums. I hope you have a good afternoon, evening, or good night wherever you are. And we'll catch you next week.
4: Bye.
3: I will always Sit and listen For those footsteps
4: Just live in my head And that is as far as it will